down in front. episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. We have Ruth, Shelly, Fahad, Eric, and me, Takia. This episode, we were definitely, definitely discussing my selection, Rain Man, starring Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. Okay, so yeah, this movie, um, this was a, about a um, collectibles dealer named Charlie Babbitt. Beginning kind of focuses on him trying to deliver these cars that are pretty much undeliverable due to um, failed emissions tests. And um, he wants to delay the delivering those cars till he can get, well, delay trying to get them to the buyers until he can get them to the buyers, of course, because they're failed emissions tests. And while dealing with all that, um, he finally learns that his father passed away and he was estranged from him already. So um, he finds out that he, Things because of the estrangement and, and whatnot, and they've had pretty much, you know, haven't gotten along over the past few years. He pretty much cut him out of his life. Charlie cut his dad out of his life pretty much. Um, he found out that he was only willed uh, rosebuds and a Buick, and um, that someone unknown to him at the time got three million in, in his estate, a three million his three million three million dollar estate. Of course, this kind of pisses him off, and <laughs> he um, decides to to. Um, well, he, he finds that the money's being sent to a mental institution. So he travels with his girlfriend to find out what this, uh, what's going on here and why is it going, where is his money going? While there, he finds out that he has this autistic brother. And um, yeah, the, I, I, it was interesting to see, I mean, the, the term auti- autism or just being autistic was kind of new to him. Like what? All right, he finds out that he has autism. He doesn't understand the, um, the disorder. So he's thinking that, you know, maybe he's just a little, strange or something that but but he still is you know he's still there and can communicate and all which he finds out he, he cannot communicate on a, on a regular level um so he struggles with that as when he decides to kidnap him for to get um he, he finds that he, if he gets custody of his brother then he can um get this money or that's what he thinks and inherit his money so he decides to kidnap him which is a obviously the wrong thing to do and while on the road um yeah, again, it, the, the movie kind of focuses on his struggles with trying to communicate with him and understand him and trying to get him to do things, not understanding that he's, because of his, because of his disorder, he um, will get easily agitated if things are like out of, um, out of you know, out of order. He, he's, he has routines and things that he's used to. So he's learning about all that. Um, and then let's see, at the end, he develops kind of an attachment to him starts to realize that this is my only family and um, decides to forgo the money that his his um, doctor was going to pay him. And um, yeah, decides that he wants to take care of him. And he finds out at the at the hearing, or well, when he meets with the doctor that he cannot take care of him like he thought, because he doesn't have his, you know, his, 
he can't, he doesn't have the ability to, to distinguish between, you know, um, making decisions. And so in the end, he gives up his, he releases him back to his doctor and then he tells me he'll visit him in two weeks. And so, um, yeah. And then I, well, I liked, I liked this movie a lot. It's one of my favorite movies because I, I like, it was interesting to see the idea of um, how autism wasn't uh, obviously widely known back then, but the R word was and the other, or someone crazy was, but not autism, I, which I didn't know. So that was something new I found out in the, while watching the movie. I've seen it before, actually a couple of years ago, but then um, I was excited to watch this again after I posted it to you guys. And so I was, um, yeah, I, I didn't realize that he didn't, literally did not know what autism was. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious how popular, let's say popular, how well-known research was it was it in the 80s, which obviously wasn't, there wasn't much research there as you can see in the movie. So um, yeah, so I'd like to see what you guys thought of the movie, of course, and um, him trying to communicate with his brother that cannot communicate like regular people. So uh, I guess I'll start with Fahad, because you're in my next, my queue right here. So are you looking for a direct answer to, to that question or just overall? Oh, anything. No, no, just, just tell me how you, how, you like, how you like the movie and um, what you thought about it, the acting. I, oh, I want to mention the acting was amazing, of course. I, I loved um, the idea of a, of a um, regular, you know, a, an actor with, with, that's obviously non-autistic getting to this aut autism role, as you saw also with um, Leo DiCaprio did something similar with Eating Gilbert Grape. So I, I like movies like that that focuses on, the focus on, um, autism disorder and other disorders and that and how they how they play out with, with regular people in a movie so I wanted to mention that so I think that both the actors did a good job with that uh go ahead Bud. Sure. um so I had I, I think I saw the movie as a kid um I have not seen it as an adult so I really didn't remember much of it at all like um, like even going into it, I forgot that his name was Raymond and that's why it's called Rain Man and that his, you know, imaginary friend, oh. Rain Man, like I, I didn't know that going into the movie because as a kid, you know, like there's a lot of topics in this movie that you just don't quite get as yeah. a kid when you're watching this. I didn't remember um, that either. So yeah. <laughs> that was like my most, ex the most exciting thing for me about watching this was I'm going to get, I'm going to get reminded what, why the hell it's called Rain Man in the first place. <laughs> And I like, forgot to mention that myself because I, I was talking too long already. <laughs> so I wanted to get to you, but go ahead about the rain. Man, um, like I honestly it. thought when I was a little, so when I was a little kid, this is what I took the movie as being about. It was about this guy with superpowers. His name was Rain Man and he was really good at like numbers and he was like very smart. So like that was like <laughs> yeah. his superpower to me as a kid. And he's a superhero named Rain Man. Obviously that's not what the movie's really about. So I'm glad I, I watched it as an adult. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a great movie. Like, it's a very well done movie, heartwarming story, you know. And I mean, it's it's not like it's kind of movie. You know where it's gonna go. You know that he's going to develop a relationship with his brother. Um, it is kind of sad to see that he didn't get to keep his brother with him at the end. But you yeah. know, there's a lot of challenges and things that he might not be prepared for in taking full care custody of his brother. So, like, and I'm glad that he didn't fight it and he understood that it's probably best that he be under care um, that he might not be able to provide. But um, overall, I, I enjoyed the movie. Um, there were definitely some funny moments. Uh, I, I was very uncomfortable during the entire Las Vegas scene because I was just waiting for them to get caught. And I was like, you know, I was dreading the moment they were going to get caught. And like, I thought it was going to be a lot worse. I didn't think they'd just be like, take your winnings and go. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than that. Yeah. Um, Acting wise, I mean, the acting was was good. Uh, 
it would be very interesting though, right? Because in this day and age, having somebody who's not autistic playing an autistic role is definitely a um, hot topic or touchy topic uh, in terms oh, of, yeah, yeah there's right. a lot of, you know, discussion around that and um, how that is portrayed. And, you know, even movies more recently, like I Am Sam, well, more recently, is that like 20 years ago now? <laughs> to me, that feels recent. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that those types of those roles um, might not traditionally go to somebody who doesn't have autism or have other types of um, afflictions. Um, so it would be interesting, you know, made if it was made these days to see, you know, which route they would go with casting and all, uh, because they they have to they have to be careful with how they go about their casting and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so it would be interesting if they were to try to make it again. I'll be interested to hear what people's recasts are um, when we get to that. But uh, I mean, the acting was good. Um, you know, in that time, that is how roles often were cast it was cast with an actor who might not be that that um, religion that ethnicity that um uh you know affliction that they might have or that illness that somebody might have you know they just would get an actor to portray it but you know now we're more conscious about that and the struggles people are going through that identify with those different various aspects of a person and we try to be more sensitive about it. So, you know, back then, that's how it was done. That's how it was casted. And, you know, Dustin Hoffman did a great job in the role that he had um, portraying it, you know, during those times. If a movie, if the movie was made just now and Dustin Hoffman was playing that role, there would be a lot of controversy around it. But and, um, I want to that, that that's very interesting because like back back in the day, that just showed your wide range of, of acting. If you could take on um, someone that was um, like mentally challenged or whatnot, now that means it. Now that people are offended by that. The very thing that, that people would applaud back in the day for having a wide range of acting ability. But but is that make, is that making sense? What I'm saying there. Like but back then, that was looked upon as like this. You know, this actor can be a villain, can be mentally challenged, play a variety of roles. Now it's because it's offensive. That, that kind of annoys me a little bit. Like. I don't know. Well, it, one it, of the things we it, used to do that I, I know that we would not say we should. You know, like, well, yeah. we used to applaud. Uh, I don't want to say anything offensive, but there's a lot of terrible things people used to applaud, yeah. and, and we're like, yeah, no, they shouldn't have. It's it's oftentimes it's you're you're profiting or you're getting acclaim for portraying something that you don't understand the real struggles of people who are in that position go through. So it's you know like you're taking advantage of, that's like you know the whole idea of cultural appropriation it's the whole idea of um you know all these different things going on it's the same kind of idea here is that you're portraying this to get a claim to get paid to do this and you're also potentially taking it away from others who are like that from getting that kind of a job mm. and i think that's where a lot of the discussion is these days around it too that's interesting okay yeah. yeah. Sorry, Shelly, I think you were trying to say something. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't know. What's the uh. smart ass thing? Ignore <laughs> <laughs> me. No, no, be, be smart assy. Go for it. <laughs> Remember, it's gone. <laughs> I feel like it was, it was also to bring maybe awareness to the, you know, the idea of autism or whatnot i wonder why that's bad to, like because I, I read it that these actors will research it's, these roles and whatnot. it's not it, it's not that it's bad to have an autistic character it's more of who's portraying the autistic character 
So, you know, now, now we, we, we're looking for people who are autistic to take on those roles. We're looking yeah. for people who are Muslim to take on Muslim roles, people who are Indian to be Indians, you know, in movies, not a white Jewish guy portraying an Indian guy in short circuit or something. Um, I have a stupid question. Uh, this, so, okay, so an autistic trying acting in a role, like reading a script and all, like, would they be able to take, this is so stupid, I'm sorry. Um, like, would they be able, I, I think they would hire a regular actor to play autistic person because they, they could, you know, read a script, take directions and whatnot, put a regular well, there, There's a spectrum, right? Autism, but, yeah, yes. autism is a spectrum. So I, yeah. um, I, I think that I absolutely agree. Someone who um, has more, more severe down, um, down syndrome, sorry, autism would definitely, you know, not be able to um, act in that role. I was going to say this for when it was my turn, but since we're on the subject, I was going to disagree a little bit with with the, it being a, a really bad thing, because I do think that it would be very difficult to shoot this movie, shoot this role with somebody who had the same degree of autism as the character. That would have been almost impossible for them to sort of coordinate. They wouldn't. And it would be almost abusive to try to force a performance out of somebody who didn't really understand what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> that would not be appropriate. So in that sense, I mean, yeah, I don't think all, all the roles that have existed um, that portray disability on screen could have been done by yeah. someone who actually had the disability. But it, it comes down to, you have to be very, very careful because um, I was I was very ha I was a little worried to rewatch this because it'd been so long and I didn't remember like the details of the tone. So I was worried that I was going to find that it was a little bit insensitive and disrespectful. But I was very happy to find that I I think Dustin Hoffman was very respectful in the way he did it. Nothing was ever played up for laughs. No, it wasn't. Um, he yeah. was very very serious about it. Um, and uh, and I think I think that that was appropriate. I don't know. It would be I would be curious if they tried to make a film like this today. If if they would get in trouble with it, or if people would sort of take it as on a case by case, I, I think they would. I think they would get in trouble because of what happened with Sia and her movie, where she cast Maddie Ziegler. But as, it wasn't the casting necessarily that got her. It in was trouble. the casting. It was the casting. Yeah, it was because she was not autistic. That was part of the controversy, and then it was the portrayal of the actions of the character as well. Um, that rubbed people the wrong way but what i was going to say is you know on the on the topic of this of a spectrum you know there's that tv show on netflix called atypical which is oh, about yeah, an yeah. autistic boy and he is autistic in real life and so oh, you yeah. could get somebody who might not have that yeah. level of autism like the character and rain man has that can understand and can portray it like they did with atypical awesome. yeah but where do you where do you start drawing the line you know <laughs> right is he autistic enough to but, play autistic person <laughs> exactly and i think here you know as uh, us as a group we understand the, the nuances and the struggles that people would face trying to make this movie today but then there's definitely a group of people that'll complain no matter what yeah. oh. well like the guy named peter dinklage should complain but the real people were, were actually kind of annoyed with what he said because like that those would come in roles yep. or uh, for the dwarfs and like you're you don't talk who are you to talk for all of us yeah so that was kind of yeah i heard about that too what was the context of his statement he was up he so Who's they're remaking a podcast? A, 
Sorry, go on, Shelly. No, I was just going to say Peter Dinklage was on a podcast and he was talking about the new, um, they're uh, apparently it make, remaking Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, but live action. And he was upset or making a statement about how um, hasn't it been enough? Haven't we, you know, why are we still making move, movies about dwarves? Um, it, you know, we've come so we've recast. So Snow White was cast as a, um, a, a Latino woman, I believe. I think so. And he was saying, so we're, we're open-minded enough to do that. Why are we still making movies about um, dwarves? But I, liked, I liked what the show Once Upon a Time did. Um, the quote unquote seven dwarves in that show were just very, very short, <laughs> average, you know, men. Well, people who suffer from dwarfism. There were some little people that said, well, how, why he's taking seven jobs away from us in something that we might not get cast as. Yeah, that's true. How is he to talk for all of us? Like, if this weren't made, it would take away our. Um, yes. Anyway, yeah. it was just very rare opportunities. Yeah, that they have anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, Disney already responded that they're looking at other ways to represent those seven characters now. So it can't be called dwarfs. If they're, I mean, if they're going to be well, the movie else. will probably yeah, just be called Snow White. Well. Um, I think there's opinions on both sides, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I can see it both ways. It's um, I can too. <laughs> I can too, but I will say Peter Dinklage is coming from a little bit of a place of he he's getting a lot of roles. Like he's being offered a lot of things because his celebrity is high up there, so he can say these things. But to the other side, you're yeah. taking away seven roles that That's, we could be getting. You know, and like he's kind of like uh, he's kind of like where Sidney Poitier was probably in the '60s and '70s. There was only room in Hollywood for one black man. And so, you know, he, he's, he gets he gets all these amazing roles, but where were the other Would black actors? You know, I'm, I'm sure they, I'm, I'm positive there were there at the time, but none to reach the heights of Sidney Poitier or very few. And Peter Dinklage is kind of in the same situation. Like he is the the one who's broken through and he, he gets all these parts and they don't have, it doesn't have to be revolving around his height. Although there are some very cringeworthy moments in movies I've seen him in where comedies where the joke is his height. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it, it is a little easier for him to say, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, we, we, you, do you want to add any more about what you're... Get back to uh, movie? I think I'm good. <laughs> I, took it, I took it off. I, just trying, I was trying to make a point with the movie, with the idea of, you know, people, they're different. So, yeah. Oh, right, you... Okay. Yeah. Right, um, I guess um, let's go to Eric next. You're, you're next in my queue. Okay. Um, I also haven't seen the movie in quite a while, but uh, but I really liked it. Um, it's it's very very well made. Uh, it's a uh, it's very long and and has an even pace like through the whole thing. It didn't didn't really feel like there were a lot of highs and lows, you know, climaxes or anything like that. Um, I did know where it was going, so I waited the whole movie for the Vegas moment, which I guess was the climax, kind of. <laughs> but but still, the the pacing even through that scene, it's just it was just sort of uniform through the movie. Uh, so I get it was kind of the, the kind of movie that you could have probably stopped at about an hour in and said, "I'll just save this and watch the rest tomorrow," and you don't really feel like you're interrupted. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not interrupting the narrative flow or anything. 
uh, I, I already made my points about how I was a little nervous about watching Justin Hoffman play an autistic person, but in the end found it very respectful. So um, I'm happy about that. Uh, I totally forgot Valeria Galena is in it and I love her. She should have much more work. She just appeared on the morning show and she's fantastic as always uh, in her 60s or something at this point and still feisty and very, very sharp and, and, and witty. Uh, she was Kiwi's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she was in Hot Shots Part Two. That's right. Um, she's fantastic. So um, that was a fun little surprise. Um, I will say the one thing that one thing that I was struck by was while I was watching it was how much of the plot reminded me of Midnight Run, but done in a superior way with better acting. Yeah. If you think about it, first of all, he's trying to drag a person cross country who doesn't want to go for the sake of money. Um, there, were, there were a lot of other mo moments uh, that, that made it very similar, and I'm trying to remember them now, but, but I can't. I'm sure they'll come to me later, but what was that, Fahad? You there's, say also, there's also a similarity to um, Citizen Kane. Is Oh, the scion of a wealthy family who no, well that well that all, but what was he left? Uh, uh, Takia, you had mentioned what he was left by his dad after his dad died. Oh right, right. Rose. Oh yeah, the rose bushes and a beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but you know he, he had made had that coming because he he, he he estranged himself from him, and his dad was like, okay, if you don't, you know, there's no there's no relationship here. Maybe I should give this someone that you know. Oh, I just remembered several of the other things that are very oh. <laughs> in that run. Uh, there's a freak out at the airport because he can't fly. Yes. Although this one was real. <laughs> yeah. um, it's funny because these movies came out the same year, right? That's, oh, yeah. Really? Uh, the, the, uh, another one is the fact like halfway through their, or like two thirds of the way through their cross country trek, they're in a nowhere town. Uh, and he tries to pay for something and finds out that his credit card's been canceled. That also happened to Jack Walsh, Robert Nero's character in Midnight Run. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll think of other things, but I, I, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is the much superior version of the story with more heart because there's there's actually something right. emotionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I'll stop there and somebody else can go. I feel like that too. I, I want to keep on going. There's so many things with this movie that I want to talk about, but like a little get through everybody um ruth you're next in my queue okay um i really like the movie um i've seen it i feel like i saw it a long time ago so it's kind of good to see it again i don't know if it was well i saw it within the past couple of years but i don't think when i saw it like a lot younger like faha did but it was still good to kind of see it more with an adult perspective but um definitely great cast dustin hoffman and tom cruise and I just felt like, gosh, like right from the start of the movie, Tom Cruise, he did a great job with this character as um, Charlie, but he was such a jerk. I really didn't like him. And so I thought, how did um, Susanna, his girlfriend, how, how, why did she put up with him or how did she put up with him? I just thought, you know. I made a note about that, Ruth, in my, in my notes. It's one of the few notes I wrote. I was re remarking to myself about what women would put up with in the 80s and probably well past that but it's like yeah. so many relationships you see on on film at the time the woman just deals with so much bullshit from the guy she's <laughs> with and it's just treated like it's normal like that's just what you put up with when you date a guy he's like no he's yeah. horrible to her yeah. <laughs> um, you get kind of why he's 
that he had some issues with his dad and he probably wasn't he didn't really know how to show affection but but yeah i mean i'm not saying that that you kind of get somewhat where that's coming from but yeah for him to be a complete jerk like that and completely stay estranged from his dad is just not except not good well because his dad tried to like it's not like he didn't completely try to get back in touch with him because he tried many times and i feel like well he said that his dad never told him he had a brother well he probably never got a chance to because he wouldn't reach back out to him <laughs> but he lived there until he was 16 and yeah they- i was it annoyed me the entire time yeah one of the- i'll talk about it when it's my turn <laughs> all right now I'll talk about it. <laughs> um, but anyways like for his whole thing with him being so upset about not getting the three million dollars and then at least how bad he treats his brother but but at least like he kind of gets a lot better and gets a little bit more patient but he's like the most impatient person i would say and he went about all the wrong reasons about when he kidnapped his brother but at least he came around a little bit but um yes he didn't kidnap him. quote unquote yes legally <laughs> it was not a kidnapping right you're right yeah because weirdly, the doctor said that he was always at Wellbrook under a voluntary uh, commitment so he could leave if he wanted, which I thought was strange. I was like, he seems like he's disabled enough that it, it can't be voluntary. I mean, once he's on his own and his dad is gone, can he really yeah. just say I'm leaving? I mean, <laughs> I was wondering if he himself. Yeah. Not uh, that he would. He was obviously very, he had his routine at Wellbrook. He didn't want to leave, but. Yeah, exactly. Especially when they're on the road too, when he stopped at that lady's house, he had to watch that court show, whatever it was called, or something. <laughs> you remember Judge Wapner? <laughs> a little court. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then what else was that? Oh, so the thing is, is that like um, his girlfriend finally doesn't put up with his bullshit for a while. But then the only reason I just thought it was random that the only reason why she came back to see him was because she was like, "I'm out of a job." Well why did you just i mean well she worked for with him right yeah she did but i just thought like i mean i totally i get that but i just feel like it wasn't i don't know it just seems like a weird way to like reunite with somebody <laughs> well i think she wasn't she saying it she more kind of joke. like flirty she was like yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I, like, I it was like haha i'm out of a job like duh she, yeah because I mean, of you like, <laughs> oh, true. how did she find him at vegas that I was curious about that. They didn't. Ex- <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> I I never heard any. She she couldn't have tracked his cell phone. She didn't use Find My Phone. She didn't have a little <laughs> Air Tag or whatever those things are called that people are using now to track people. Yeah, how did she, they never described that? That I was no irritating. Idea. Yeah. Unless he told. Unless he told the other guy that they work with, hey, if you need me for anything, I'm in Vegas. Oh, this is my hotel room. And she Uh-oh. probably found maybe Lenny. She yeah. could have told Lenny. He could have known. Well, at least um, Raymond. He was going to have his first date, or so he thought. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was kind of cute how um, Charlie taught him how to dance and stuff like that. And then at least his girlfriend was being really nice to him and stuff like that. And trying. How much to do you him. think? How much do you think? When Tom I was a kid, that. Yeah. creeped me out the elevator scene and so watching it now again i was creeped out again i'm sorry but it's a little creepy i was what, a little kind of uncomfortable. i mean i didn't i did not like that <laughs> i can't remember what it was but i've seen another movie where a woman just sort of uses herself to 
to like do that with a guy and i don't remember if he was if he was challenged in some way or something like that but i've seen it before and in that in that moment it creeped me out i wish i could remember what it was but it creeped me out as well because it's like it's almost like the writers of the movie are saying that this is what women are for (laughs) that's her like that's her role in the the, she's a tool for this purpose and it's very uncomfortable what kind of jumps out at me when he said that was when tom hanks was in the movie big because he was still (laughs) so basically a child but he was yeah. just like a man. Oh, yeah. But she didn't know he was a child. I didn't know. I mean, I would. I don't. I give her a pass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most twelve-year-olds don't. <laughs> but I wanted. To, but I wanted to see the follow-up scenes where she's like, really like depressed, oh, and suicidal. Yeah. And like I slept with a twelve-year-old technically, <laughs> and she can't get past it, and she really feels gross and disgusting. But no, it ends on nice terms. She's like, oh, that's too bad. You're actually young. <laughs> You're actually twelve. That's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot. I think when I was a kid, I thought he was older, or at least I thought twelve seemed like an old number. Yeah, and I then agree. as an adult, I was like, "Wait, he was only 12 <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Ruth. Um, Jane, else to add? I know are you good. Awesome. Well, my favorite quote, and y'all actually would like y'all to say yours, is oh. Kmart sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I just was curious what your favorite quote is and then whoever's turn it is. <laughs> there are a lot of fun little little bit that's like that that um I thought would made the movie really fun because it, it's like <laughs> comedy slash drama. So that really I like all those little things like that that were said throughout the movie. But anyway, um you know, I definitely will get to that suit with you guys your favorite parts of the movie in terms of like what he said and the things, you know, based on his interpretation of the world. <laughs> um Shelly, go ahead next. Oh, good, because I just, I have a lot to say, and I was <laughs> mad at, not mad, but like I, I've well, been wanting to say it. <clears throat> so I have a different feeling about this movie. So I really, I do like. I've seen it before. I saw, I saw it a lot, and thinking about it, I think it came on HBO when I was a kid, and I remember seeing it like over and over again. But, but I had not seen it as an adult, and so when it was interesting watching it now. And I think I read somewhere that this was the first time in a movie that they talk about autism, but they hmm. called it um, in this movie, they it's autistic. He's an autistic savant, which savant. is not used anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I, I, the term I think was idiot savant, which is not used anymore. <laughs> well, that, that turned into autistic savant. And then okay. we, in the, I remember them talking about that in the movie, but we don't um, anyway, don't say that anymore. But um, uh, we have come so far in our society in um, how we work with people with autism. Thinking about it, I'm horrified that he was an institution in in an institution. um, That seems so like old fashioned to me, like really old fashioned. Like it's, it's horrifying that at, I'm assuming, how old, did they say how much older uh, Rain? Raymond was that compared to um, Charlie? Um, I'm not sure. They did some math there with the birth dates, but I'm not sure they actually clarified except, but you do see a picture towards the end and it looks like he's at least um, 10 to 12 years older than, so, uh, than Tom Cruise's character. So, um, so he would have been about 10 or no, like 12 to 14 when he went into this institution so I'm assuming he had lived at home before because it said that he went into 
So that was upsetting to think about yeah, that he yeah. had lived at home with his mom and his and his brother. And then um, his dad decided, like, did they ever talk about why did they never tell him? I thought, well, they, something with him burning. They're like they the baby was, was burned burn that he uh, in the bathtub or something yeah, like but, that. But that was they. So he t- turned on hot water and um, yeah. I don't think oh, he turned I, on the hot water. I think he was trying to um, help the baby, and they mistook so what it happened, for him turning it on. They got what so happened? Read, they sent him away. I read in the credits that um, what they, the back story of it that um, he was trying to. So was this based uh, on a was true story? story? <laughs> yeah, it's based no, 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 on, on Wikipedia. When I was reading a little about it, like it was saying that his Raymond was trying to save Charlie from uh, a hot bath. Yeah. the hot water got hot and then and his parents saw him taking him taking charlie out of there and they thought that he was trying to drown him so that's why they sent him away huh. yeah um but i'm i'm thankful that there was just it, the movie upset it upset me okay because i felt like the entire movie charlie used his brother so he used him at the beginning he was trying to get his money but then he used him in las vegas yeah um so he ripped him from this life that he had known and without any supports. So, so many of the, um, the behaviors that, I mean, maybe I'm going way too far into this, but many of the behaviors that Ray, Ray, Raymond was, was exhibiting, there are supports that we can give people that have with autism that help them deal with the different challenges that they have. So it was upsetting to me that he ripped him out and that he kept talking into him. And like Ruth was saying, he was an asshole. He was so mean to Raymond, like the entire, don't give me that shit anymore. What are you doing? Don't start that with me. And it was just like, it was so upsetting. And then it's supposed to get to this part in the movie where he, the great part is that he uses him to get money. (laughs) Um, and then he takes him to Los Angeles and then he, he, he has, so it is very heartwarming that he he realizes that, you know, he's got a brother and, and he likes to, um, to spend time with him, but he just ships him on back to Cincinnati where I know that, it, sure, yes, absolutely. This man had been in an institution his whole life, but if he realizes that he's got a brother that loves him and clearly by the end, Raymond loves um, Charlie and they're, they're getting together well, well, couldn't there be another like solution that maybe he could stay in California at like a group home and, and he could still spend a lot more time with him? Because I, I don't like the message that, well, the institution is just gonna take care of him better than you could. Like just he has off. a love and a, and a relationship with his brother more than an institution. Like that seems to me like old fashioned thinking, like they used to take children away from families and put them in institutions to be cared for because they could do it better. But that, that just to me is like, well, I think know, it was old fashioned. I mean, the, the movie was 34 years ago, right? And <clears throat> I think you, you said it may have been the first one to even discuss autism. So even the experts probably at Walbrook weren't as, um, open-minded about the possibility of caregiving for people in his situation outside of their yeah. institutions were just what you did with everyone who couldn't like function as society it's, all alone <laughs> didn't they make a comment in there about autism where they were a bit surprised like that he's able to talk and communicate like as if 
people with autism back then were, I guess they didn't real know about the spectrum. So it, it seemed like in their mind, autism, autism meant like no functioning at all. Like you can't talk because the doctor that he took him to was very surprised at the way that um, his character, Dustin Hoffman's character could actually, you know, he's talking and he was able yeah. to do these things. You mean that, in, that small town doctor? Though? Yeah, the small town doctor. Yeah, one thing that bothered me that he did, he's like, oh, I've heard that they can do this. Like they, they have skills. That, that was right. my point I was going to make is I think that maybe it's a small town. I'd only heard the word autism, but literally knew nothing right. about it. So he just had formed all these sort of ideas about what a person might be like with it. Um, and then started having him you know, not dance like a monkey, but like, show me what, it, what you're like. Yeah. That's but, but, the, but, the final or like, one, and I'll ask you all what you all think about this too. So um, this movie, so I could see it, it, it doing a lot for bringing like awareness to autism, but it also kind of did, did something that I think was maybe not so good for, uh, so a lot of people from then on saw, or maybe I won't, thought that a person with autism definitely has this special skill like everybody they all have these the special kind of like the perform so that's not that's not um true <laughs> like that's not a characteristic of autism is not that you have this special skill so it's just interesting to think about like because i've heard people oh can they do this like rain man does so it became um, kind yeah. of like colloquial people's only touchstone for this for this condition yes yeah but mm -hmm. um i mean that's probably filmmakers after this point's fault for never no one no one else making <laughs> movies with with um that showed the variations of of this character that could be possible uh so all you have is rain man for decades and one you know, re recently that i've seen that that um, if anyone is interested in seeing a movie about someone with autism is um, HBO did a movie with Claire Danes who played Temple Grandin. Uh, and she won a Golden Globe for that, right? It was awesome. It was amazing. I've wanted to see that. I, I don't know why I haven't because that's based on a true story. And I think it's very yeah, yeah. And I think, Tem I think Temple Grandin helped with, um, with the, the, the movie. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. ever hear her talk or she built the animal thing like a, a yeah did you see that movie Takia? I, I saw a part of a documentary on it I didn't, I didn't see the movie though you didn't see the Claire yeah but I know that she built something for animals I can't remember mm -hmm. what it was the structure yeah. she built a hugging machine mm -hmm. for um autistic people who are uncomfortable like like Raymond is in this movie with being touched but still need human connection or you know some kind of physical connection so and she made it for the cows that when they were going to the slaughter to calm them that's what the, yes that's what it was which is a little bit creepy and morbid actually <laughs> we should stop killing cows how about that <laughs> sorry fahad <laughs> it's okay so you mentioned about the um the, with, with uh which she made a machine for for, for hugging it was mm -hmm. with um with autistic it was interesting to me with, with uh but she is Charlie's girlfriend kissed uh, Raymond, but yet anyone else trying to hug him, he was he like recoiled back. Why? Why was? I wonder why he was um, okay with 
her kissing him, get that close, but then recoiled all the other times anyone hugged him. That was what that was what was interesting to me. Did anyone else? Did she that? when she leaned in to kiss him? I don't remember. I, she, she just him. like kind of leaned in to kiss. She didn't put her arms around him when she did mm-hmm. it, did she? But yeah, like, it could be a reaction to the different like you know, he might not be comfortable with somebody, you know, kind of coming with their arms around him or like a touch with a hand and make, you know, like people could react differently to different types of touches or actions. There's like a connotation to the movement, right? That's like aggressive, but her just sort of leaning in softly for a kiss. And Eric was making a hugging movement for those listening. (laughs) Well, I was was trying to do like your hands around a neck. A hand motion. I was just, I was. That's more aggressive seeming. But um, but her kiss, I mean, she also warned him. And when he got upset in other moments, uh, he was not warned that the touching was going to happen. Oh, <laughs> didn't okay. appreciate, like, you know, like when uh, he got angry with his brother for uh, trying to. Well, he did say he was going to give him a hug. But I guess, like I said, maybe it was the aggressive way that yeah. the action that was, took. Yeah. He didn't. That was interesting, too. And he was dancing with him. He had his hand around part of his back. But then the hug took him. Broke, you know, he. It's frightening, I guess, like, like, like being imprisoned. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Was, yeah. Some kids with autism like deep squeeze or people with autism, I guess I should say, like deep squeezes. And then other ones prefer like light. T- I think it's people with autism are people too. So they have different likes and dislikes. And um, yeah. Yeah. preferences mm. Mm. even people without autism like you said Shelly oh. like uh, people with autism you know are people people mm-hmm. without autism are people like to be kissed <laughs> or like to be hugged like to be yeah. both you know or some people just aren't touchy-feely so I mean I don't like people randomly I mean I, well it depends on the context just like with Raymond I don't like people yeah. randomly touching me usually um <laughs> So maybe if it's a certain person, like, you know, if I were straight, it, Valeria Golino could absolutely randomly touch me if she was like, <laughs> that's not going to upset me as much. <laughs> she tells me beforehand and I'm not surprised. She's my favorite and I love, I love her. I love her so yeah. much. Shelly, have you watched the morning show? No, is it good? You should, it's a really good show, but she, um, yeah, is in uh, season two um i was not when i saw her on there i was like oh my god that's the girl from uh uh it was a big top peewee peewee's big top um (laughs) big top peewee Peewee and hot like eric said hot shots i was like that's the girl from that and it was and now i can say oh it's a girl from rain man yeah (laughs) so i was gonna say and you can do this when you get back of course um a lot of moments in the movie of things he said um even just like when, when he got out of the car during the um Oh, the don't walk sign. That was interesting when he um he literally saw don't walk, so he stopped walking. And <laughs> then he obviously with his, you know, with, with his disorder, he, he wasn't aware of the fact that there are cars coming. He just stopped right there. It's just kind of interesting how, yeah. And then, the, yeah, so that, that was one um, interesting scene there. And then we got out during the um, the police stop checkup, the, the, the police checkpoint. And he saw it was a chaos. So he's like, I'm not going to get back in this car. So he ended up following him all night too. until he got to a more uh, serene, you know, less busy. So do you guys have any moments in the film that you really liked were interesting like that? Yeah. Um, on what you just said, I, I wanted to say, 
yeah. that um, I thought it was interesting the way they they drew they drew a distinction between his abilities in memory, but oh, yes. how but how it wasn't really like a, a comprehensive superpower. So like when mm-hmm. the like when he the small town doctor is having him do these enormous math problems, but then he asks him if if you have a dollar and I take away fifty cents, what do you have? That's and, right. Yeah. And he was not able to answer those questions. That's and, right. Um, and it reminded me, I, I relate that to the scene where he won't get on the plane and he's telling yes. his brother, Charlie, about all the statistics about plane crashes. But Charlie says, and this is true, that that air travel is is the safest travel on the planet, even though those things have happened. But for for Raymond, he's only memorized all these statistics and he's, mm-hmm. he insists that he will not take part in it because it's possible for him to be hurt, even though he, he's not looking at the statistics side of it, which is that it's not likely that he will be. He, he, and in fact, when they get on a train to take him back, I thought, oh, for me, it feels like a train is a much worse idea than getting on a plane. <laughs> but, you know, it, it just depends on the statistics that he's learned about it. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I, I did find it humorous that he said, oh, quant- he'll go on Qantas. <laughs> oh, there's a fun story on Wikipedia about that. Apparently, um, Rain Man. After it came out on video, it was it was shown uh, as the in-flight entertainment for a lot of airlines. But they would cut out the entire scene where they had the conversation about air crashes, uh, except Qantas. Qantas wouldn't cut it out, obviously. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yep. But uh, but the director and other people involved were annoyed with with uh, all the airlines doing that because they said that's actually a very pivotal scene because it explains why they have to go cross country. Uh, and if you just cut it out, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, hmm. But they, of course, I also understand the airlines didn't want to spook people who were literally on a plane <laughs> hearing those things, you know? Yeah, like a movie that you'll definitely not see shown on a plane is Final Destination 1. <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah. probably could have seen snakes on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did I'd you all being- see that news story the other day about, the? I think it was in Malaysia, the flight they had to, because you could see the snake like slithering down over the lights, the fluorescent oh. light, like there was a snake. Oh, yeah. like within the, the fluorescent cases? Like, uh, yeah. In a plane. You could just Ugh. see the outline of the snake like <laughs> slithering. Oh. Funny. Gosh. <laughs> um, that wouldn't bother me. I don't mind snakes. What uh, about spiders on a plane, Eric? But, but yes, if, that, if I saw spiders skittering through there. <laughs> Spiders don't uh, I'm going to have to go to the, rest, the restroom. I don't like either one. And unfortunately for you, it's more likely to have spiders on a plane than snakes on a plane. Yes. Fortunately for me, the spiders usually hide. So out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. <laughs> Ten they hide in your mouth while you're sleeping. Hey, no. Or they come in where you're, yeah, or come in where you're sleeping and yeah. in your bed or something. Guys, I think about that all the time. Seriously, every time I go to bed. Snakes? Really? Oh, I like really? No, spiders. And my mouth hangs open when I sleep. So I was gonna ask, are you a mouth breather when you sleep? So oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna I think need about to, now. Like, strap my jaw shut when I go to Wear a mask while you sleep. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. If you don't cover your nose, well, then you might have to. Cover. <laughs> you have to cover your whole. I mean, they'll just go into face. his ear instead. Yeah, that's <laughs> what would bother me. That was what I was just literally just thinking. <laughs> Hmm. Um, so back to f- favorite moments. I'll just give my quick <laughs> yeah. ones before we go on to other people to do theirs. I'm, I'm sure there are mm-hmm. others, but the one I really liked, there were two moments where each of the characters said, oh, you made a joke, ha. Huh? Uh, and I thought that was really cute. I think first in the diner, um, Tom Cruise 
says something and he says charlie babbitt charlie made a joke ha huh? he said he was uh, talking about the syrup on the um... yeah 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 and i was like well i don't know if that's much of a joke but but yeah that's cute and and he's raymond has a is, has a sense of humor about his brother now and that's nice and then later right before they 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 separate um uh, raymond says says something i can't remember what it was and and charlie says oh raymond you made a joke ha huh? And I thought that was very cute. Yeah, <laughs> very that cute. was cute. Next. <laughs> Anyone else? Anything else? I mean, I know, Shelly, you didn't appreciate that he took his brother to Vegas and used him to win money. But I always like scenes in movies where they go to Vegas and they game, no pun intended, the system. Um, and, you know, like, you know, they, I just like those scenes where you see them like constantly winning and winning and winning. Um, those types of scenes are fun. So, I mean, yes, I understand that it's not cool that he uses his brother that way, but if you found somebody with a superpower and, you know, or a really cool skill like that, you kind of would want to, I don't know, I'd kind of be like, hey, come with me. Let's see what we can Exploit do. Them. <laughs> Exploit them. <laughs> I don't understand why counting cards is illegal. I mean, that's. If you can do that, I think you can do that. Aren't you better at the game than everyone else? Yeah. I, I think that's just, again, as they point out in this movie, it's just the casino, the house, uh, making sure that no one ever actually wins much, uh, which is yeah. them cheating. They're cheating, you know? Yeah. And that's why I like to see them win against the house. Yeah. I have um, not a favorite scene, but I have something interesting just that I was thinking about. So Tom Cruise, I believe he was 25 and the character in this was. movie. So I feel like we have... In a different way, we have not grown as a, a society in that we kind of infantilize, infanta, in, say that word, infantilize. infantilize. <laughs> um, people now, because it seems like now it, we don't treat 25 year olds as grown adults where he's. He's so very confident, right? Um, yeah. yeah. I'm like, dang, this guy's an adult. Although, keep in mind, he's been on his own for nine years because he left home at 16. Yeah. True, that, but that's kinda, he kind of had to grow up and take care of things. He, he didn't have a choice. But we would still look at him like, oh, you're only 25. You're just a little kid. Sure. Is, but he yeah. was just taking care of everything. Yeah. Um, And the, the other, how on earth did his dad, okay, so... His dad didn't tell him about his brother, but somehow his brother drove on the driveway every Sunday. Only after, only after Charlie left. No, the driveway of Walbrook, I think. I oh, think his, I think his okay. dad would keep going to visit Raymond. Okay. okay. Without okay. telling Charlie, apparently. <laughs> that makes better. But yeah, where do you go every Sunday, Dad? Even when he was like eight years old, his dad left him with somebody on Sunday. I mean, secrets and rich family. What his dad was terrible. To hide the fact I, that you have yeah. a why would they why would they hide the fact? I, I wanted to say I wanted to come back to that because um, I know they say like the dad tried to reach out a couple times, but I feel like that was probably bullshit reaching out because he 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 left him in jail for two for two days when he was sixteen. Hey. Took the car on a joy that that's shitty, and then he never told him about his brother his entire life. That's really really shitty. I think yes. he was a terrible father. And final. <laughs> You know, nail in the coffin. You think on his father's deathbed, he, re he he should be regretting things and worried about his son. But no, he decides to give a fuck you to Charlie and say, guess what? You're not getting any of my estate. I'm giving it all to Walbrook for your brother that I never told you about. And you can have <clears> the <throat> car that you were so upset about you left. It's like, that's really like immature in my opinion. So 
I think his father was a piece of crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Charlie had every right to be uh, angry about it. Yeah. Well, if, thinking it as, I guess, in a different sense that like, okay, he was left the money, but he has no concept of money. So after him, I, I wouldn't think anything was going to be spent. Does it go to someone else in their family then? I think like, it's probably in a trust to pay for his. Well, um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It makes sense that he would have yeah, a trust for his true. son to, because he would need, you know, pay, to like, pay for staying at Walbrook. Lifelong right? care. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, three million probably wouldn't go far enough today. Oh, really? Right? Because yeah, if, he still, if he still had like 30, 40 years left of life, I don't know if three million is going to cover paying yeah. for the institution. What is three million? With inflation, how much is that? <laughs> I don't know. Are you getting oh, a lot? Inflation <laughs> calculator. <laughs> what was the date? 88. Three million dollars in 1988. Yeah, it's probably easily Googled, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then how much does institution it would be three million dollars in 1988 would be about seven point one million dollars now. Wow. Not as much of a raise as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, can you also Google what is the yearly cost of an institution like Walbrook? In 88? <laughs> um, in the now. Yeah, I'm sure a lot, for sure. I would imagine. I mean, maybe Do it's- Do institutions still, still exist like that? Uh, good question. I don't know. What about kids with- In my experience, know. when I was teaching and we would talk about- um, to our to to my students' parents about life after high school. Um, it mo- mostly it was it was now more like a group home, mm-hmm. so it would be more like a um, home like setting. Like if you if you can't have your child with you for your, you know because eventually right. you won't be able to care for them, then you would look more into um, group homes. So I don't know. I would. Hope when, they don't. When they introduce us to the institution in the movie, I remember thinking, oh, this place looks incredibly clean and well run, which kind of runs counter to a lot of the stories I've seen and that I think happened in maybe the 80s and 90s, where a lot of institutions came under criticism because it was discovered what the conditions were like inside. Uh, people mistreated, you know, it was filthy, they didn't have the right care. So I, I wonder if the institution in, in this movie is a little bit of a glossing over of what they were really like. And I think when those stories came out, I think it went a long way to shutting a lot of them down. So they had to find new ways like group homes to to care for people better than they were before. Yeah. What happens to um, those severe kids that, that are like pretty much on tubes and they're in wheelchairs too? Um, once their parents can't take care of them, they, they all go in, they, they take care of them in a home. I mean, I always wondered that. Like group severe homes. group homes, group homes mm-hmm. severe, severe. Like they, they can't talk. They just have a feeding tube. Like they, like it would be. The, kind of there's like a, a whole, there's so like many home, right? disabilities or like nursing homes or or like so, like um, medical care. Like I mean, yeah, that's probably where. Yeah, hmm. yeah. that's what I'm picturing a nursing home. You, you have a lot of. Um, Nurses on staff. If you need medical, yeah, if you need significant medical yeah. care, I would assume. Yeah. Fahad, are you still trying to find this out for us? Oh, uh, no, I stopped looking. It was like telling me like <laughs> the average price per day and the average, per, like on during the week. And so I just started to the conversation. 
Okay. But basically, like, oh, and and you can get not to get too into technical, but mm. Medicare, Medicaid waiver. You you get on a list and you get um get a significant amount of money if you can get onto a list and get this Medicare. Mm. I'm not going to describe it or not explain it very well, but like Medicaid um, waiver for people with autism or people with disabilities, and that pays for a lot of um, care yeah so so like you know the closest thing to an institution back then is what you know they call psychiatric hospitals now yeah um they say the average is 700 to 1400 dollars per day the big name hospitals exceed 2000 per day so if you were to do 2000 per day you're looking at over 730 thousand dollars a year wow good lord Lord. so that, that that'll pay for about 10 years worth of care if he was left seven million dollars now. Oh my gosh! But to Shelley's point, with like mm-hmm. Medicare, Med, or you know, right. like they're they're they could subsidize the cost of a lot of it potentially. And it's so conf- like again, not to get into it too much, but <laughs> I think that's why a lot of people we would talk to parents, and then they they had to be very careful, like how much money they, they it looked like their child had. You see what I'm saying? Like it could because. They're always going to want you to use up all your own money first right. before they will give you um, any sub, you know, subsidized. Right. Anyway, this is very in depth into <laughs> long term care for people with this. <laughs> it still upsets me that he had to go back to the institution because his family couldn't, his brother. It's just, do, no one else thought that was weird. I interpreted it as the issue is Charlie or not Charlie Raymond has lived there for decades. And that's what he considers to be his home um, where everything that he knows is there and he's comfortable with. I'm surprised he made it cross country with Charlie without really having a breakdown because he was exposed to so many new things and he wasn't allowed to do so many things that he was used to. And he didn't have people that he'd known for years, like Vern around. Although I did wonder, how do they, you know, he was obsessed with certain television shows, right? And, and mm-hmm. he, you know, like he trusted Vern very much. It was like his the person he knew the wellest, the, mo- the wellest, wellest. <laughs> it's not a word, the most well. <laughs> um, but I wondered like, you know, eventually Vern is probably going to pass away. Um, event, you know, we all know Judge Wapner went off the air at some point. How do they help uh, Raymond deal with that kind of a change? Oh, it's it's uncontrollable. Like, you know, if uh, it's not on the air, it's not on the air. Interesting. Mm. Well, you would just like, you would just make a schedule and say, okay, he's going to be gone after that. Then you would show a picture of like, who's going to be on next? Because eventually someone else took over, yeah. right? Well, I'm sure he he switched to Judge Judy, right? (laughs) Yeah, after this, this is the new Judge Wapner. Like you would slowly um, expose the like the person to (laughs) prepare them for this transition. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. I was surprised he was able to. um, You mentioned he was able to walk with him out so easily out of the hospital without people, a bunch of people coming after him. Because like when I think Vern saw them walking out. Like away, yeah. like because it is voluntary, right? Yeah, it that's so, it's so right. yeah. 
But if it's voluntary, why, why are you get in trouble for it? They were one, you know, hey, you gotta bring him back and all. And, well, I think or, that's why he didn't get arrested, right? Or get in trouble by this. Yeah, he, he wasn't exactly think- in trouble. They were concerned about the fact that somebody who didn't understand his condition had taken uh, him out of there. And so they're like, you really ought to bring him back because you don't understand what you're getting into. And, uh, so he wasn't like in trouble, trouble, but they were yeah. concerned about Raymond's. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as you proved, he didn't, he didn't understand how he his how his mind worked. He, yeah. did, he didn't get his challenges. He's, like you guys mentioned earlier, he's sitting there yelling at him. And you yeah. Both your that. points. You, you yeah. were talking about how he was yeah. kind of mean to him for so long and said so many things to him. And so I guess the movie was a very, very long road to understanding for yes. for Charlie. Yeah. Uh, it took him a really long time to get there, but he finally was like, okay, I get that I can't make you be a certain way. And I don't need to because I appreciate how you are. Yeah. And I, and in a way, I, I guess I understood why he was, because he, he was kind of ignorant to the fact of, of the disorder. He didn't know anything about it, basically. You know, so yeah. That, that thing explains also why he was, he got so easily frustrated with him and, and was, you know, angry. And that, that, that doesn't have to say that, you know, he wasn't, you know, being a bastard toward him, but that's yeah. why the disorder, he didn't, dis- he didn't know nothing about the disorder. He itself. didn't understand it. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. So he I, didn't I feel like... try to either. <laughs> no. Nobody knew yeah, everything yeah. in the world at 25. <laughs> yeah. Um, that reminded me of something uh, that was another one of my favorite moments. I don't know if you guys caught it, but if you did, correct me if you think I'm interpreting it wrong. But when we meet Raymond in the beginning, we hear about Vern being like the closest person to him in the institution. And he um, once or twice, uh, spells out Vern's name, V-E-R-N. Uh, and he, and he, it took me a while to realize that he was even doing that. It was like, oh, he's spelling out Vern's name. I just like didn't click. And then there's a point two thirds through the movie and it seems to be a scene where they're saying that Raymond finally trusts and and appreciates his brother because he spells out the name Charlie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Charlie looks at him and re- I think on his face, Charlie's like, you're spelling my name. And he's like, yeah. I, I, this means you like actually care about me and trust me and, and I was like that is really special and it's so subtle too yeah, or, so, also yeah. when he likes some like somebody too what he did to the to the um high and hookers asked her if she was on any oh, yeah, medication i like if he likes somebody <laughs> you're just admiring her jewelry and, why um, do you think he asked that question sparkly. <laughs> huh why do you think he asked that particular question when he likes somebody i don't i, I, I don't know about the, the medicine and the institutions maybe that's why it's connecting ruth so I, I just like i just like how you refer to her as instead of like you know the prostitutes you're like the high-end hooker it's a very oh, easy yeah. way to say it <laughs> i guess i've been watching these shows where it's like the whatever these people are in these higher power things and so they're not going to go for some i don't know uh, yes, rich rich people hire escorts, not hookers. Call girls, like call secret girl. diary of a call girl. Prostitute and hooker are, you say, sex worker. Yeah. Mm. That's the politically correct. Customer lady. service, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about right customer service? <laughs> I thought it was funny. He was admiring her jewelry the entire time, and she thought that, that he was going to you know admire her, her. Gonna hire her yeah yeah i really i really like that line too he said she sparkles like a holiday i was yes. like oh <laughs> Ooh, what a what a poetic turn of phrase yeah that was very nice of him did did you all i bet eric did but did you all recognize the lady whose house they got went to to watch people's court yeah yes. i did of course i did <laughs> that's why i said eric probably did 
She's been one of my recasts on one of our movies. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I just familiar. I couldn't remember her name. Her name's Beth Grant. She's been in like everything. Oh. Yeah, she works a She lot. was a lady on the bus in Speed. But oh, she almost oh, always yeah. plays. She almost always <laughs> plays that sort of poor uh, redneck. Oh yeah! I just love that. That's all oh. I had to say. Is she was the lady in the bus on speed in speed. I remember. Yeah, I've speed a million times. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eric, we recently saw her in what is it? The Wonderland? Well, Wally's Wonderland or Willie's Wonderland? Willie's Wonderland. She was the sheriff. She was the sheriff. Yeah, she was good. Mm-hmm. Did you did you recognize the waitress who dropped the toothpicks? I didn't, but I read who it was. Who was it? Bonnie Hunt. Oh, what? Was it really her? I, I didn't. I wasn't oh looking for somebody recognizable. I thought yeah. she looked familiar. I was like, where is this? See this woman, Beethoven. But I, and now, <laughs> that's kind of a small part for her. Yeah. Oh, see, that's a Midnight Run connection. We saw Charles Grodin in Midnight Run, oh, and now Bonnie me. Hunt in the Better Midnight Run. <laughs> the Better Midnight Run. <laughs> <laughs> love it mm-hmm. love it really eric you call it out all the time i do <laughs> anyone else any comments about anything or um did you anyone learn something new about i guess uh, I'll just, just well, i had a question around the same time as rain man was there a movie that came out called Starman? oh i don't know I'm, um was there I, a movie star, star man was 1984 and rain man was what 88 Okay, maybe as a kid, I just got the two mixed up because Starman, was he like an alien with powers or something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so maybe as a kid, I got the two mixed up and that's why I thought Rain Man was like a superhero because I was mixing it up with Starman. That was was Jeff Bridges, by the way. That's one of my favorite movies. Uh, But it's funny, right? Starman, Rain Man. So um, they were building Avengers back then. Does (laughs) Dustin Hoffman act anymore? He, um... He's 84. So some issues. Okay. I think in the last several years. I know he was he in Meet the Fockers, right? Yeah, I remember that. But that was, yeah. now that's like, what? See, uh, my frame or frame of reference of what's recent is really way off. I like that movie. <laughs> I never He's saw good it. in that. And he was in, um, what was that movie? He was in I had Jude Huckabees. Law and Naomi Watts. He was in I Heart Huckabees. Yes, that's, that's it. Yeah. Oh. That was also <laughs> like 20 years ago. Oh. Yeah. No, it was like, Maybe it was like 20 years ago. <laughs> You're not old. <laughs> I like that. Did anyone else like that movie? I love I Heart Huckabees because of I, uh, Naomi Watts. I've never uh, Mark, seen it. Mark Wahlberg was in that too, I think. I don't oh. think I've seen it, but I've heard of it. And Lily Tomlin. So good. <laughs> I just read that um, real life brothers, Dennis Quaid and Randy Quaid, were considered for the roles of um, Charlie and oh. Kind of interesting. That would have been endearing because they were real brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can I can guess who would have been the challenged person. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't say on here. And then um, actually another another person they envisioned is one of my recasts tonight. The one another person they envisioned for the role of. Um... Well, don't don't say the role because the role is oh, part no, of the surprise yeah. of the recast. Oh, is, it, is it that time, Ben? Is who? Is it that time? <gasps> yes. Um, Oh. It's that time again for recast. We close each episode with the recast game where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era, living or dead, to portray a character in the film instead. First up is Bahad. Oh. 
Okay. Um, so I decided to go with, she didn't have a name in the movie, but I'll go with uh, Ruth's name for her. So I went with the high end hooker. <laughs> um, I'm only, yeah. So that's what Ruth called her. So I'm calling her that, but uh, I, I went with the sex worker and um, <laughs> I decided I would recast her with a young Jennifer Coolidge. Like the Stifler's, Stifler's mom kind of vibe and have oh, okay. her be a little more seductive, but a little high class seductive as she was back as Stifler's mom. Okay. <laughs> that is my recast. Cool. Thank you, Fahad. Um, Eric, Eric Babbage. Who was your Eric See, I spelled my name out. A-R-I-C Babbage. I should have done that. You just spelled your name, Eric. You used an A instead of an E. That's right. I did. Just trying to be different. Um, okay, my recast is going to be the waitress originally played by Bonnie Hunt. Um, I felt like that was a little bit of a, a throwaway. I don't know. I, I was surprised Bonnie Hunt was in such a small little part in that. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to recast with somebody that I thought would give the character a little more oomph, even though it had very little to do. And I want to recast with Penelope Ann Miller, which is oh, ironic because you I guys brought up, brought up Big Top Pee Wee with Valeria Kalino. Yes. We should watch Big Top PB sometime, you guys. Come on. <laughs> um, it's got, okay, mm, seriously, it's got Chris Christopherson. It's got oh, yeah. uh, God, he was in there. Uh, Susan Tyrell, the incomparable Susan Tyrell. Okay, right, anyway, her. that was mine. Penelope Ann Miller as waitress. Cool. Thank you, A R I C. What does that spell? <laughs> Eric. <laughs> um, all right, we'll go on to Shelly. Okay, so I was for some reason obsessed with the fact that he was only 25. <laughs> so if I wanted to remake it today, I wanted to find another 25-year-old actor. So I picked Tom Holland, who was 25. Ooh. So I thought he'd make the perfect, Char- or Charlie Babbitt. Sorry, I don't even think I said that. <laughs> I did say he was 25. You did. <laughs> Now, that's, gonna, that's definitely going to endear him to audiences more. So when he's screaming at his autistic brother, it's, <laughs> it's going to be a little more forgivable, probably. Because <laughs> it's Tom Holland doing it. Yeah. Another Tom, though. Oh, yeah. It is another Tom. Hey, can you take a Holland cruise? Is there like a... You know... Oh, there is. There's a Holland cruise. <laughs> Holland America. Yeah. Yes. There's a Holland cruise. <laughs> well, thank you, Shelly. Ruth, when we go to my recast where you're thinking, um, thinking about some things... <laughs> I was just thinking, um, the guy that was in, um, he's Scottish, but he, um, you know, the one that, the song that's like, love me like you do. Ellie Goulding? That guy, well, it kind of thought in a sense that, like, um. Are you talking about Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, because he was also. Oh, I thought you were talking about the song. <laughs> well, he was also in The Fall, but, um. Yeah. <laughs> someone that, like, seemed, um. That could be very charming, but also kind of a, a big jerk. I guess maybe that could be Charlie. <laughs> I could see that a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's handsome. <laughs> yeah, they're both good looking and he could pull out. They're both like strong actors. They could pull it off. I wonder if it would have been better if they had been closer in age. The characters, like even in this movie, I, it was a little weird that it, he was so much older than Tom Cruise. Yeah, like a bigger divide. It might have been much more interesting if they had been a little bit closer in age, like just three to five years apart. 
Um, so he was the older brother, but um, but they could relate. But would they have would they have sent him away at such a young age that enough for the younger brother to not even remember he had a brother? Good question. That's true. Yeah. Well, you also tell us back then too with um how you could still smoke cigarettes in public, which I hated that. I was like, because it's <laughs> things have gotten better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Except Tom Cruise, he hasn't gotten better. <laughs> hey, I, I was... That was a very glib statement, Eric. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no patience for that shit. Oh. No, I was saying thank you, Ruth. Um, so my recast is um actually was as I mentioned before, what I saw on Wikipedia. Um, about the okay. I cast uh recast Bill Murray in the role of Charlie, because he has amazing uh range of acting so yeah um he was the one that they saw in um and they mentioned wikipedia that they'd chosen after they couldn't get the quaid brothers to put do the role of charlie and i was like oh i could definitely see him in that role because he has that angry thing he does that's a very comedic angry thing mm-hmm. if you think ghostbusters in a million of his movies i just i love him he, i just think he's awesome so i think he'd be great as charlie um i put tom hanks as the role of raymond because he has a wide range of acting ability as well and i can see him getting into the role of an of autistic person. I don't know why, I guess I can just see that. I see him in a wide range of, like we mentioned big, and then he's been gotten bigger than that after. Well, so well, you saw him play Forrest Gump, I guess, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, he, he's, he's, had, he's, he's played millions of characters. Yeah, Forrest Gump being kind of a simple-minded guy, not mentally, was he mentally challenged a bit? Was he just simple-minded to Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump probably was autistic, right? Huh. Or maybe he had, had like a mild case or something. Well, that's what I was wondering. Like something, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I used to turn simple, but so that's, that's what I figured. So I, I thought of him as Raymond. So that's my, those are my two recasts. So, yeah. <laughs> that would have been indifferent because Bill Murray is older than Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm thinking about when he was younger. I'm not used to Bill Murray being so old looking now. Has, has Bill Murray old. ever been young? Well, I guess in Meatballs. He well, was playing a camp counselor. <laughs> and Groundhog Day and Ghostbusters. Yeah, he, he had a young thing about him. I'm, I'm just so used to it as a kid. He's, he's, Listen, what about Bob? Baby steps, baby steps. I never saw what about Bob, but I know you're talking about. I love yeah. what about Bob so much. <laughs> um, did you know that like one of Tom Hanks' first feature films, um, God, I, I forget the name of it now, but he played a character who what became far too convinced of the fantasy world of his like Dungeons and Dragons style game he was playing with friends. Oh. And ended up almost like killing himself or something. Uh, the movie is a cult is a cult classic now because it created a lot of uh, concern from parents that those kind of gaming behavior actually would like disturb their children that way. Um, so yeah, it's kind of haunted him a little bit. But I have not seen it. I've just read a lot about it. But so I imagine that's the first time he's played a character who's you know not quite understanding reality as well as he should. Interesting. Yes. Okay. I guess we're. Ra- ra- if anyone has anything, anything more to add about the movie or anything before we re-rate the movie, um, I'll just say one last thing. The music yeah. weirded me out. I, I, <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but the, the the style of the music w- reminded me a whole lot of the Goonies and vibes with Cindy Lauper and um, Madonna's <laughs> Who's That Girl. Like the same instrumentation was kind of used. So the whole movie, every time like some this part of the score would like come up, I'm like, what? <laughs> this is bizarre. I don't know if anyone else heard awesome it. Awesome 80s. I got a different take on it. It felt, 
and it just felt very 80s i remember I, it is very yes. i was what I was doing back then as a kid and all this stuff. And that's what literally catapulted me when I heard it. So I kind of liked it actually it worked for me. So but that, the, the, the one song um, that's part of the score that happens when they get to Vegas and they're getting the suits on and they're going into the casino. I really oh. love that. It's got like that woman singing like, Oh, yes, it's yes. all very dramatic. And I'm like, wow, yes. what's happening here? This is a bop. <laughs> I want to know one part. <laughs> it had a lot of funny parts, but he was on the conveyor belt, the, the, elevator thing and he was he went for he went backwards and it was going to ride backwards with it until and then Tom Cruise caught him that was kind of cute <laughs> so that was kind of yeah but it's just funny he was enjoying it like like the, obviously Tom Cruise didn't care about it but he to him was a to Raymond was a whole new thing they're like oh this is a moving floor so I thought that was kind of cute a cute um yeah very cute little, yeah um <laughs> are we ready to rate I'm actually We're not ready to rate. oh my rating ready <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, well, everybody, while you're thinking about it, just put it into the chat box. Don't hit enter. Put your thumb up when you are uh, ready to. I'm ready. Ready. You might see my thumb. Yeah. I'm not ready. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> give, give, give me 10 minutes. Wait, on <laughs> 10 <you>. minutes? <laughs> um, everybody else, you can put your thumbs down. Eric, just put yours up when you're ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to tire out your thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, I'll go with this. Okay, so I'm going to count backwards from three and to zero. And on the row, hit enter. <laughs> three, two, one, zero. Okay, Shelly, can you read to me each person's ratings? Yes. All right, you ready? Yep. Okay, you, 3.75. Okay. Me, three. Eric, four. Uh, Ruth, four. And Takia, 4.5. Wow. Okay. Um, I love this movie. <laughs> we have an average rating of 3.85. Oh my goodness, Takia. You got, you're jumping <laughs> up. <laughs> I, this is one of my favorite top 10 movies of all time. So I had to give this huge rating. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know you're, you're waiting the system for your own films. <laughs> I don't know if I gave, I don't think that's my past films. I gave a four. I don't, I, some of them. Oh, maybe I did. Maybe Takia, you gave all your movies a five or a 4.5. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I made that up. I, I, made that up. <laughs> I was no. We've been doing. Although I, I'm sure. Let me go to the tab. I can actually tell you. Let's go to the Tableau dashboard. Oh yeah, let's check it out. <laughs> I was joking about that. Oh no, it's okay. No, I, I since last March. I can remember since we've been doing. This. So if I were to <laughs> click on Foggy Selections and I click Takia. Takia, you've given your movies the highest average rating. 3.75 oh. is the highest rating, is the average rating you've given your movies. Um, you've given your movies a 4.5, a 4, a 3.5, but you gave Miseducation of Cameron Post a 3. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, so you, you, you don't, you, yeah. weren't, you weren't just, yeah, yeah at giving high marks. You gave a low no. mark to that one. Yeah. yeah. See, like data does too. not lie, people. <laughs> I like that movie too. I just didn't. Yeah, I think this is something that I just like more than others. You know, I chose those. So, our next film, you guys, is going to be our twenty fifth. Wow. Ruth, what are you? What are you five, drinking? Five full cycles. Looks like you're drinking a. Oh, I thought it was like a can of olive. Olive. Dude, no, <laughs> I was left hand brewing company. It's a peanut butter milk salad. It's really good. It looks like a joke can that when you open it, th something yeah. pops out. <laughs> well, this is a Colorado beer, so who knows what they're thinking? <laughs> okay, <laughs> Eric, back to you. <laughs> oh, 
well, I was saying our our, uh, our next movie is going to be the 25th. Wow. Uh, you guys realize that? That's five full cycles. Oh, that's awesome. 25 milestones. So Ruth gets to tell us what we're going to do for our 25th anniversary. All right. So for our 25th anniversary movie, I was thinking, well, we should pick a movie that's, what, 25 years old, right? So um, back that's in the fun. day, thinking of um, in high school, one of my favorite group, one of my favorite groups and, um, you know, thinking of like all of us, like from high school, how much we love them and thinking, you know, course my love for baby spice (laughs) you had to watch we have to pick spice world right it's 25 years old (laughs) that's crazy that it's 25 years old but and so it it came out when we're in high school and we saw in the theaters but it hasn't really been 25 years that's crazy (laughs) doesn't that make you feel old girl power Five girls, five days, one rockin' world. Five fogies, <laughs> 25 Wait. movies, one rockin' podcast. Was it really over the course of just five days? Apparently. I don't remember the five days being a part of it, but I mean, I guess we'll watch it and talk about it. But I can't believe it's been 25 years since That's that movie came out. crazy. And that, that was a baby. I mean. And Ruth, I think it's really fun that you picked a movie that was 25 years old for our 25th movie yes. but it's a movie that we all have a connection to yeah um so it'll be very interesting to see you know our conversation about this since a lot of us know a lot of it and i think several of us quote it often so it'll be fun yeah. to talk about that stuff um exactly does it, it hold up 25 years later did it hold up 25 years ago <laughs> we will find out Oh, and one other fun thing we could do is um, in Spice Girls, like, I guess you can mention who is your favorite and like, who do you see, which Spice Girl do you see yourself as or something? Which Spice were you then? Which Spice are you now? I was about to say, maybe that would be fun. Yeah. During that time, who was your favorite and who is it now when you look back on it? Because I know mine has changed. Mine has not. (laughs) I'll just keep it at that. (laughs) For our audience of... Ruth, it's not who, it's not people which one did you want to sleep with. It's which one did you feel you related to? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I guess I could see it as that too. Stop thinking with your vagina. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I could have been much more um, offensive. You could have I been. Say, I, I decided to use the not. technical term, the medical term. <laughs> oh, I'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's been a good, like, what, five, six years since I've seen this movie? Really? Yeah, when did we do the outdoor movie for it? Didn't we do it outdoor, or did we not do it outdoors? I can't remember. Did it rain again? <laughs> I don't know. I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. Everybody say, Kmart sucks! Kmart, Kmart sucks! <laughs> How old is she now? She's six. She's in kindergarten. Wow. Long days, kindergarten. Yes. (laughs) She's not used to having a job. (laughs) No. I know. Working that nine to five.
mm-hmm. or the seven to three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have quite the same ring. No. <laughs> Two, three, well, she's she's 825 to 250. Okay. Oh, that's even less of a ring. <laughs> Working 825. <laughs> that's hard to rhyme. <laughs> yeah. 